All right. Welcome to the second edition of the Sweet Spark podcast. I am Danielle McCormick and I have Katie Levins. Hello. How are you today, ma'am? Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> yes. And as a refresher, if you didn't catch our first episode, uh, we are new, but we are awesome. And we are uh, helping new businesses and professionals know what to do, no BS. We're giving you all the things so you don't have to be an ass-kissing yes man. Um, but also, if you've screwed up your business, if you're trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up, we're here for it. We're giving you things that you can actually use, things that are uh, real, tangible skills, frameworks, stuff like that that you can put into practice immediately and um, just keep growing, keep growing and going, going for your, your goals. So, <clears throat> Miss Katie, today we are talking about the importance of needing to build a story for your interview and how it is that you can take what you've learned in one job set and move it to another if you're trying to change jobs, if you're trying to level up uh, and get a promotion elsewhere, or even get a promotion within your own company. These stories matter, and these stories are what will get you the yes from that hiring manager or whatever. Um, what do you think about that? It's pivotal. It's part of the building blocks. You have to have it in your toolbox. It's definitely a pivotal part of things, um, especially if you're trying to jump out of one industry and into another. It all has to tie in some way, somehow, some mm -hmm. form or function. And like you said, being able to tell that story and bridge the gap is is probably going to make or break. Nine times out of ten, it's going to either make things easier for you or it's going to break the whole interview down and they're going to get lost in what you're trying to say and how you're trying to tie everything together. Um, so it's huge. It's a, it's a massive component in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And so today we just kind of want to share some of our stories of how we've actually jumped industries and even gotten promotions in other places, um, and how you can actually take that information forward. Because I think we've said in this last, uh, episode that people generally cannot take on the whole, uh, cannot take what they've learned in one position and one uh, situation and apply it to another. And that person that you're walking through may actually be your hiring manager. It may be the HR person doing the initial screening. And so you've got to have that story prepared and teach them as to why it makes sense for you to go from this position to the next position. Why does it make sense to give you that promotion? Or why can you hack it in this industry if you've never actually worked in this industry? And I know that you actually changed, uh, places entirely from when we were working at the police department together to go into long-term care. How did you kind of tell that story as to what made you fit from going from emergency communications to long-term care, like BD, business development? Um, a lot of it, you just have to find, you have to try to find little tidbits that are similar to, and then speak to those Ultimately, long-term care and um, emergency communications are, believe it or not, they're quite they're quite similar. Um, and that's what I would share in my interview is, you know, it's all, you're dealing with very um, 
high emotions, high energy in both settings. You know, if you're dealing with emergency communications, people are losing their marbles or their yeah. life is in peril. Or if you're on the side that we are where you're dispatchers, you're their lifeline. You've got to make sure mm -hmm. they have the support and the backup when they need it. Well, you spend that to long-term care. Ultimately, this person is trusting their mom, their dad, their grandpa, aunt and uncle in our care. And so we still have to be able to convey that. It's kind of a lot of managing motions, but trying to be able to explain, well, in emergency communications, this is what I faced and how I handled it, which is what's going to be quite similar here in the long-term oh, care absolutely. setting. Just having to patch it and piece it together. And both, both industries are super fast-paced. Both industries are full of challenges and all full of heightened emotions. And so I think that yeah. was the nugget that was kind of able to help tie in all of my experience at the police department. Well, and there were, I mean, of course, there were other things, but that's probably the biggest yeah. one that was the biggest kicker. Um, and then I was able to convey that and tie it into long-term care. And it kind of, it builds a bridge like you talked about. It kind of said, okay, yeah. well, you understand how to deal with high emotion because you've dealt with some of the highest yeah. forms of emotion and it's all just management stress management ultimately is what the police department and long-term care are both about is stress management mm -hmm. well and that extreme and so EQ, just being able to e kind of yeah. yeah 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 i love it oh absolutely yeah extreme eq yeah. and being able to say like hey i have that emotional intelligence i have that ability to relate to folks and be able to throttle their emotions when they're losing it and i think that that's really i, I love that you took that piece of it because then it's not the well why would you be good at this well i can learn the office paperwork part of it i learned six right. systems and i was working off all these crazy screens and all of these you know computer systems i can learn the nuts and bolts but it comes down to that person to person relationship i love that you pulled that part out mm -hmm. oh it made a big difference uh, and like you said at the police department there's always theory and application too. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we, I think we touched on that in the first podcast too, is that in theory, everybody can handle, oh yeah, I can handle emotions. But whenever you're able to drill down and say, I was working a pursuit or an officer got run over on the radio and everybody's screaming and yelling, but you're able to kind of stay that calm, even keel, you're going to have families in your office that are pissed off at a hospital or pissed off because mom wasn't watched by brother and she fell and she's hurt now. And so you've got all these emotions right. running rampant. A lot of it is just trying to kind of rein things in. And that goes, I think that goes for any industry though. Like you have to be able to take stress management um, to be super effective and functional. Don't be wrong. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. Sure. I think being Absolutely. able to kind of manipulate emotional highs, not manipulate, but manage yeah, um, and spend them quite a bit makes a big difference. Well, and you're also with that even keel, you're getting people to put their trust in you. So whether you have your officers mm -hmm. that you're getting them to put their trust in you or whether they're your employees also, I mean, that also is a big thing that translates to management because in a lot of ways we're having to manage how our employees feel. How do they feel about their future? How do they feel about their now? How do they feel, you know, all of that? How do they feel about each other, you know, when there's conflict? And then mm -hmm. also then how are you going to translate that to the I mean, especially if you're the marketing person, you're the BD person, you're the people that are like, no, don't worry, I'll make sure that grandma doesn't fall on her head or her hip anymore, you know, that kind of thing. And you're getting people in that mm -hmm. early, uh, you know, this session, I'm assuming is what, you know, one or two hours of meeting you that they've got to immediately trust. Okay, yes, this is the right place for my mother. This is the right place for my grandmother. And know that you and your facility uh, personnel are going to care for them adequately.
That's a lot about confidence too. And you have to be able to clearly convey. Um, mm -hmm. I think communication, regardless of where you go or what you do, communication is going to make or break any, it can, it has potential Absolutely. too. And so if you're able to clearly and concisely communicate and express what you're mm -hmm. trying to say, um, I mean, there's a lot to be said if you're fumbling all over. I mean, there's not a whole lot of confidence you can instill in somebody when you're like having to read from a script or you're having to let me pull up my website because right. I don't have the answers. Like you just have to have, yes. you have to be confident too. And so you have to be able to kind of explain all that and say, no, what I did at job A is not exactly what you're expecting me to do in job B, but they right. do mirror each other a lot where it matters. And I know how to do that confidently and well. And so you just have to yes, be able to and here's that how. thoroughly. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And here's how. Yeah. One of the things that um, I have seen a lot of companies going to, and I think that most notably is like Amazon is known for having people go through the star method and the star being uh, S for tell me about the situation you were in. T, tell me about the task that was either assigned to you or what you took on. And then A is your actions. And then R is that result. And I think that where people fall down in their interviews is they focus only on the A. They're, I only tell you what I did. I did these actions. You know, here are my bullet points. Here are, I can type 65 words per second or minute. <laughs> I can, you know, do all these different tasks. I can send a fax, like, welcome to 2022. We don't do that. But, you know, like you can do all these hard skills, but where is the so what and where is the practicality? And I think it, there's a lot of merit in going to that method and actually just talking your interviewer through what you did and what brought on. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think we talked about in the quiet quitting uh, podcast is there's all other duties as assigned is a, uh, as assigned is a gold mine and a great place for not only harvesting new skills, but also to take these arbitrary taskers that are given to you. And then what did you do with them? Like, did you then go to, um, you know, I had to go figure out what the hell they meant. <laughs> you know, I had to then go yes. <laughs> figure out what, who, who the people were. I had to go then figure out um, how do I get the buy-in? What is exactly expected? When is this due? You know, and you can turn all of those things into, I got buy-in. I ask clarifying questions. I am able to rally people around a deadline and execute on that deadline. And when it may have just been like, hey, can you go figure out when this is due and what, what the paperwork is? But if you take out those like? nuggets and you break down what those skills are, yeah, how did you actually execute this? And those are applicable to so many areas that if you can get those buy-in, you can get actually people to agree that, hey, this shit is due on Friday, you know, and then we are executing this in this fashion. This is our template or this is our deliverable. And everyone says, yes, got it. And then you get a quality product from those people within that deadline. That is surprisingly scarce <laughs> in the job mm -hmm. market and people aren't actually able to do that very easily or very well. And so when you can break down, hey, I'm able to do these things, even if it is an all other duties as a sign type of situation, then it does show I can take this over here and apply it over here. And this is how I'm going to do it because I can talk to other humans. I can make sure that they know what I can communicate, mm -hmm. what's due, what the expectations are, when those things are due and how we're going to actually as a group deliver it. Because if you, if you just say, 
Well, I executed paperwork and I turned it in. Cool. <laughs> You know, like that doesn't Ooh. actually do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> but if you are able to break out what those things are, I think that's really helpful. I mean, I had so many questions when I was crossing over from being a paralegal to then being a project manager because, you know, have you ever managed a project before? And being able to tell if you're at our firm, we did a lot of class action lawsuits. And when you have 20, 30, 40 plaintiffs in a case, you're having to manage each and every one of their files. You're having to manage all of their deadlines. They have differing deposition deadlines. They have differing, you know, submittals for whatever these various um, court deadlines are. And you're managing all of those pieces, making sure that your attorneys know that, communicating that onto the, you know, group calendar and making sure that all of that stuff gets in on by 5 p.m. at that specific day. That is all managing one large project. And actually, it's a very complex project if you start to break out what those pieces are, because if it was just a group of five people having to execute one thing by a deadline, that would be easy day. But if it's, you know, all these different moving parts and you actually start to break out what those requirements were on a day to day, that is actually very complex and translated, at least for me, very well to project management. Well, especially if you dive a little bit deeper, too, like it's a throw in that other nugget. You've got 25, 30 different clients in your class action lawsuit. You have 25, 30 mm -hmm. different personalities and different needs and different. Oh, things. yeah. So, I mean, it absolutely you can, you can dive in and you can totally like pinpoint the buzzwords, I guess, for lack of a better term, yeah. the things are going to be like, oh, well, I didn't think about it on that level. Like, I mean, there's, there's mm -hmm. absolutely nothing wrong with putting a little bit of personal experience and personality into your story too. Like yes. it'll go a long way in saying, pointing it out. Like you may seem, you may think it's the obvious you're dealing with 25 or 30 people, mm -hmm. a lot of different things going on, but sometimes you need to call attention to the obvious to be like, that is a big deal. You've got 25 different personalities and needs and deadlines and issues. It, it does make a big bit of difference to hone in on those little things and never assume that somebody knows because sometimes, I mean, I've seen it before. Sometimes the HR manager or whoever's doing the initial interview, they don't have the experience and skill set for the job that they're kind of yes. screening for. And so yes. they don't know. You may think I'm talking, we're talking apples to apples, but you know, just like in long-term care facilities, HR doesn't always have a nursing license. So if you're, you're talking apples and oranges, you're talking paperwork and admin and you're talking bodies and bodily fluids and needs and such. So yeah. it doesn't always yeah. translate. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, you have to sometimes consider that I do need to point out the obvious because this person may not have the same scope or be looking at it through the same lens. Well, a hundred percent. And a lot of times, like I said, if, if you're having to walk that HR manager through or the hiring manager or your first screening, because you may not actually get to the hiring manager until round three or four, you need to make sure that you have that story lined so that the person doing your initial screening as to like, hmm, why are you interested in this role? Why would you be a good fit? You know, like all of those super uh, surface initial things all the way down to the behavioral uh, interview with your hiring manager of tell me about a time when, you know, and so you already have those stories. Right. And even those screenings are good rehearsal for 
getting those answers kind of dialed in and understanding how you're going to tell your story. But I was actually just working with someone who, um, big success story on that uh, career coaching front is that he was actually able to double his salary after we broke out doing exactly this and telling the story because he was hired super young. Um, he actually did an internship with the company that he was with. He was doing a lot of admin tasks, but because it was such a small team, it was his whole job description was basically all other duties as, as assigned, you know, and that's yeah. one of the best places, again, that you can earn your stripes and get those um other, you know, feathers in your cap of all the things that you've done, but he was just thinking of himself as a finance person. And yeah, I sent out all the billing. I made sure that people had paid their bills on time. I, you know, worked with our parent company to get, uh, you know, everything processed and paid and payroll and blah, 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 blah. Right. But he actually was doing so much more than that because he was sitting in on all those client meetings. He was hearing all of the pain points. He was then working with the tech people and implementing those strategies because he ultimately had to know how much it cost to know how much the bill was. But he was actually in all of those different pieces. And I told him, you know, like, let's not discount the fact that you were involved start to finish from the very beginning to end on getting those client solutions in place of getting that buy-in, hearing their pain points. How are we getting them onto the correct product? How are we going to implement it in what timing, blah, blah, blah. Like there's a whole lot that goes into from the time that they call you to the time that you bill them. And just because you're the quote finance guy, you know, there's a whole lot that you've witnessed that you've been a part of that you've helped along that customer journey. And when we broke all that out, he actually, when he, he gave me the feedback that he'd been told in a couple of his interviews that, you know, I, one of the guys told him, he's like, I, I just thought you were a finance guy. You know, when you got in here, I wasn't sure that you were going to be of caliber for a senior level consultant. And then he was, as he was telling his story, the guy was like, oh, Oh, you do know a whole lot more about this <laughs> than we thought. Than what's on paper you about what you know all... say, yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. And just writing down the executables is so check the box and keeps you in a box and not allow you to kind of grow, explore new opportunities. Where could these different roads lead you? But you have to be able to tell that story. And in some ways, you know, like we talked about before, like you can put the spin on anything. Like either, yes, I turned right. all my paperwork in by Friday. I never missed a deadline or I was able to, you know, cultivate this group. We were able to, you know, get to a quality, um, executable. We were able to make sure that the, uh, package or whatever the deliverable is, was of high quality. We went through these different iterations and how did we actually refine it to then get to our final by the deadline? under budget or whatever that is, especially if there's money involved. So I think there's so much more that you can extrapolate on and that is really critical to landing that next role and showing it. it basically, it's a verbal business case, not just saying, oh, absolutely. I meet the requirements because I can do 60% of the stuff that you wrote on your job description. Right. It breaks out the nitty gritty and, and the details and how I can and when I've done it before and when it's proven successful. And a lot of it snows, snowballs back mm -hmm. to the Quiet Quitting podcast. We talked, we talked about um, yeah. 
there's always opportunity. There's always things that you can do and there's always stuff that can be done to make yourself more valuable that will pay off handsomely later. This is a prime example of that. And the other duties as assigned, take on those roles and responsibilities. No, you may not be uh, rewarded for them financially right then and there because it's just another other duty as assigned. There may not be anything behind it, but ultimately it's adding more experience, more opportunity for you to not only make yourself more valuable, but to build your story for your next opportunity. You know, you mentioned not too long ago that if you can't move up, you move out. So this is when that's applicable. You have all of these little nuggets that you kind of raked in under other duties as a sign. You've built the story, you have the experience, and then you move on. And like the testimonial you got not too long ago about building his story, you can often double your worth at your next, at your next interview. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It all just snowballs. It's all relative. Yeah, exactly. So I I also had another, uh, from our last podcast, I had a question come in from a girl that was asking how I got into lean CI, continuous improvement, things like that. And it really was that natural shift. I found that there were processes that weren't working. Uh, Probably my main project there that I started was when I was at Gap. And we were moving over to a new filing system. Actually, we had an issue with the filing system. Uh, We had a shared server that was so unbelievably slow. It would shut your computer down. You would try to open a file and it would freeze up your computer and you'd be like, I guess I'm going to go get a coffee and hope that that Word document opens so that I can actually do my work. That seems productive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was great. And so, like, again, back to the office space. Like, I did 15 minutes of real actual work, not because I'm a procrastinator and don't care. It's because my technology sucks. And so (laughs) I I was like, I can't work like this. I'm going to tear my hair out. This is just so awful. And I can't be the only satellite office that is experiencing this. So I did. I contacted the other real estate coordinators and was like, hey, are y'all having the same problem? Is this just a Dallas thing? Like, do we need to get our internet provider, you know, something? And they were like, oh God, no, just welcome, welcome to the company. This is how it works. I'm like, no, we're not doing this. So um, I contacted our uh, security IT people because I knew that they had very strict rules about the contracts and companies that they were working with. You can't just like give, you know, your company swipey credit card or whatever to whoever and have be sharing company files. And so I contacted them. They had actually recently signed a contract. Uh, I believe at the time it was like box, um, you know, as it was a way back, you know, like 2010. And so all of those Dropbox, Box, all those kind of file sharing cloud services were very early on starting to come online. And we decided that we were actually, that's what we were going to do. And I helped each satellite office implement it, mostly because by default, right, I started asking too many questions. Mm-hmm. And then we started, um, I we just decided, okay, Dallas will be the test case. We'll upload our files, poke around, figure it out. And then I ended up having to write training because I had to teach the other five or six satellite offices how to do it. So it just snowballed into now I've done training. Now I've yeah. written a training program. Now I've learned a new cloud, you know, architecture. Now I've, um, I'm sure my, our IT engineers are like, oh, that's not what the <laughs> definition of architecture is. Yes, I know. Um, so <laughs> learned a new cloud system. We'll say that. Um, you know, now I've done, I, I've had to rally buy-in. I had to go find and do procurement. I, you know, like all of that snowballed from 
when I try to open this Word document, it shuts my shit down and I can't work. And now I've been yeah, able to so take instead of just saying, skills. Yep. Yeah. And so instead of just saying in your interview, uh, well, I implemented a new system for functionality for FS. Mm -mm. Right. I made these phone calls. I asked questions. I led the program. I led the charge. I did the training. I built the whole mm -hmm. SOP, yada, yada, yada. Like it does make a huge difference and the impact is extreme whenever you break it down because anybody hears I implemented such and such, just such and such system. You've worked anywhere in life long enough. You've been a part of something that's had to be new, right? So it yes. just sounds copy and paste. But when you break it down like that, line by line, detail by detail, how elbow mm -hmm. deep in it you actually were, then that kind of sets you apart from the person that came in right before you or is coming right after you and says, I created a new process. Right, you know I mean? exactly. Like, check, yeah. yeah, check, check. Yeah, and then, I mean, even being able, I, there was cost savings associated with that because now our manpower is much more effective. All the hours that we put in are actually productive, not just sitting there like, mm, okay, I'm gonna wait for this document to open so I can actually get it done. Or God forbid you try to save a PowerPoint onto the shared drive and it just locks up. So you could actually get all of your work done. But then there was these big conferences that they would have to go to quarterly and annually at headquarters, and they would literally have to hand carry or ship their files over to do that. Well, now it's on their iPad. They just travel with their iPad. We've now eliminated shipping costs. We've now oh, eliminated fantastic. delays. We've now eliminated all of that kind of stuff. And now also, because we were talking about leasing, when they're on site, they can go to that file. They can pull the um, plans up. They don't have to carry these giant rolls of stuff with them because they're already in the iPad. You know, so it just, you can talk about all of that productivity increase and all of the changes from my files didn't work and I didn't like it. And I got annoyed. Uh -huh. That's a beautiful thing. The gift of gab is sometimes awfully quite beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is one time it will be who you to talk it up a bit. <laughs> right. But I mean, talk about your frustrations, because especially if you're talking about something as simple as changing from paper files or a shared drive to a cloud, everybody's been there where you get the spinning wheel of death and you want to rip your hair mm -hmm. out and you can tell somebody else that and they're like, oh my God, me too. You know, like, uh, you sure you want to work here? Make it relatable. Same thing. You know, like, <laughs> so like, that's, we're having but the exact yes, same problem. Man, once have you're I on board, for you. Yeah. Once you're on board, we have your first action item. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sign this half so up. She knows what she's doing. All... Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, already have your first stretch assignment. Um, you know, so there's all of those things yes. that would even, it, it, and then when you're trying to like, yes, does it make it relatable, but it also could give you a leg up. You have no idea what they're, what the other candidates are saying, what the other candidates are doing, whether they are giving good answers. And if it comes down to, you told a relatable story about how you, your skills apply what you would be able to do here, the fact that you did it somewhere else and that you can then execute the job. And there may be a little bit of a learning curve because you don't know the jargon, or there may be a little bit of a learning curve because you've not worked specifically in this industry, but you can have all those other relatable people skills that show what was that situation? 
What was my task that I took upon myself? Again, don't sit in the corner and quietly quit and just be like, oh, well, this sucks. I guess I'll just deal with the shitty file system. No, take that initiative and give yourself some taskers. Yeah, then tell what your action was. And the biggest thing, the R, capital R, (laughs) you know, like you have to tell what the result was and whether that is in time or money, because those two are the most critical. Did you save people time? Did you save people money or did you boost revenue in some way? And every action in a business is relatable to that bottom line, whether it's the time bottom line, whether it's the productivity bottom line, or the actual cost savings or boosting and, or revenue boosting. Oh, 110%. So, mm-hmm. So if you can actually show and do the thought work, walk them through it. Because me saying, oh, I changed over our file system from paper to cloud, they're not going to know that I also sh- saved several thousand dollars on a small satellite office, which our budget was nothing, right? So saving several thousand dollars may not be a ton to a large corporation, but to a small satellite office with a, with limited budget, that's like, ooh, okay, you actually did something really good for that office and showed that, you know, you just added additional budget for other training or you just added additional training, uh, you know, budget for something else that's needed, some other piece of equipment or something. So being able to show how that goes through and walk them through that journey is definitely needed. Same thing with, you got a talkative dog back there. Um, It was stretching. um, And then also same thing for management, you know, just because you may not have had five people directly reporting to you and you're giving them their evaluation. If you worked in any type of capacity where you are like having to step up and lead people to that deliverable, like I talked about earlier, you're obviously giving them feedback because if they gave you something that sucks that you're like, I can't turn this in, then you have to tell them what are your needs? What is that feedback? What is the change that needs to be made so that you can get to your goal? So you have given peer-to-peer feedback. You have given uh, corrective action. You have led a group. And it may be indirect, but I will also say that this actually helped me when I was moving between um, individual contributor to management role is leading with the what I call the stick and the carrot is you can like beat people into submission, right? As a shady leader. But yeah, you can tell people like you have to do these things because I'm your leader and I control your salary and I control your promotions and blah, 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 right? Or you can say lead through influence, leading with carrot, right? Lead through influence and say, hey, we have to get to this. We have to do this as a group. We are going to deliver. I need you to help us deliver this for the group and being able to show that you can influence people, you can get that buy-in, you can do all of that with indirect leadership and indirect authority is so much more powerful, I think, in terms of leadership than, well, you've led 5, 10, 50 people because those people had to listen to you. The people that are on your project plan that don't have to listen to you are the ones that are like, oh, I choose to follow you. I choose to work with you. I choose to help you deliver this on time, under budget, whatever the case may be. And that natural buy-in is so much more powerful. And I think especially being able to lean into that and tell people like they didn't have to listen to me, you know, but they did. And now I feel like I am actually ready to manage people because I have worked in this capacity, leading, mentoring, whatever that is on these various projects or 
sidebar stretch assignments. That is going to be a whole lot more powerful and a whole lot more impactful being able to say, I had these mm-hmm. people choose to do this or these people volunteer to do this alongside with me or, you know, through my leadership. Um, I think that makes a lot bigger of an impact than they had to because I was their supervisor. Like it makes you like we, it all goes back. It makes you more personable. It makes you stress manager. It kind of all snowballs together and being able to very precisely convey. I did X, Y, and Z to get to this location and this point and this um, outcome with this fantastic outcome, this story, this is how I did it, whether the industries are the same or not. Ultimately, I can still pick up all of these tools that I used over here for this task and I can apply them to this task and still be super successful. Yes. And especially because nobody wants to hire another shitty boss. So especially if you can say, I got people to follow with me, I got the buy-in, I got people to work with me, I was able to be that glue on the team to make people want to come and get to this outcome in a good way, you know, and that was, that that is huge because if they're like, okay, so I just have to teach you the jargon or I have to teach you the specific system or I have to teach you whatever, people are much more willing, when I say people, I mean the hiring managers are much more willing to take you by the hand to teach you the nuts and bolts because they know that as a human, you are going to be better in that role, better suited for that position, better suited for that group of people than someone that may have been in industry for a long time, but can't actually get people to work with them. Oh, and let's be real too. People always want a go-getter as well. And so if you've shown initiative and ambition by saying, I recognize this issue and I started tracking down answers and I started doing this and then I made a Mm -hmm. presentation and I was like, Hey, this is, this needs to be fixed. Here are some answers to some of the questions that I know you're going to ask it all. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's super pivotal. Somebody's going to be like, this person's not just going to sit and milk the time clock. If there's an issue, Yes. They're going to take ambition and they're going to take initiative and try to get it fixed. They're going to make things better. So then productivity is going to increase for everybody that is involved in that process. Um, Like you said, bottom line is going to feel there's going to be a little more wiggle room for X, Y, and Z. It's going to make a Mm -hmm. big difference and they'll see the overall outcome as long as you're able to outline all of those different pieces of the bullet point like you take that bullet oh, point and you go sub bullet point and sub bullet point like you've got to break it down so that it it's processable you gotta digest it you gotta be able to right feel it all right and yeah like you said earlier like just being able to state the obvious walk them through it and make sure that they understand that they're not hiring just another doer that they're hiring somebody that will actually come in and not have to be told X, Y, Z, I have to do the thinking for you, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I tell people on my team all the time, if I have to tell you every single thing to do, I don't need you. Like, that's not to be rude, Mm -hmm. but I can't do my job and your job ahead of you doing your job and you're just executing stuff. Like, you have to have a brain. You have to think. You have to be able to do things on your own. And if my favorite thing is, hey, I had an idea. Fucking great. Tell me what that idea is because we, I want thinkers. Even if it's one of those, you're like, "Ah, cool. No. At least Um, you're thinking. (laughs) At least you're thinking. (laughs) Yes. It's much better than, you know, people just being like, okay, what's next on my plate? What's next on my to-do list? Like get, get into it, get, take initiative because it also shows ownership over your position, over where you're going and where you want your team and, and your revenue to go. So 
people want those type of partners. And when you're showing that you are a partner and not just a doer, that makes you so much more valuable, even if you are trying to do the leapfrog between management, individual contributor, overall industries, all of that kind of stuff. So absolutely. Well, hope this is helpful. Um, definitely hope that we, we're definitely going to post some more frameworks um, in our blog and in our uh, posts on social media. So please like and follow. And if you found this valuable, please subscribe. We would love to have you as a listener as we continue to grow our podcast and grow our overall base. But we're here for you. So until next time, thank you so much.